is Mark Drumheller is joining us right now. Now, Drum, I know uh, you're a guy that does enjoy the uh, football side of things, right? You're a fan of the pigskin, and he was our XFL insider. That's right. The Houston Roughnecks represented in a big way. Drum, we were both all over the Roughnecks, but you were you covered that league uh, through and through for us, man. You kicked some butt and took some names for us. Yeah, I love. I'll tell you, I love the smaller leagues because it's like you can really like pump through the data. There was only eight teams. You could watch every game. Every game was available on TV, so it was real easy, real quickly to kind of get a feel of the league and you know take some early shots. And uh, it paid off, man. We did real well in the XFL. I can't wait for it to come back next year. So this new college league, or not new league, this spring college football league that's coming. It's Villanova. What one double A? Is that what we're calling it? I forget FCS, whatever. Uh, but bottom line is that's that's going to be. So Something that we're going to be paying attention to is, have you been taking a look at all, at any of that, uh, what the league has? And, of course, the good thing, I know Jared Smith was saying this on Tuesday of last week, saying, you know, we can go back. The thing about the XFL was it was a brand new league. This, you know, we can go back and see who won the conference last year and who's done what over the past five years and so on and so forth. So at least we have something to draw off of when it comes to betting this league or this uh, spring college football league. Do you plan on dabbling in it? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a peek. I haven't dug in yet, but I definitely will. But, you know, I, I understand Jared's point. And, you know, listen, he's you know, knows a ton um, about the industry as well. But, the, you know, the books can go back as well. And that's kind of the challenge, right? The good mm. part about the XFL was is you and the books were finally on the same level playing field. So you could kind of get in early in the season um, and take advantage. All right, so we're talking to Mark Drumheller here on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt's Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Check him out online, drglatt.com. Drum Super Bowl 55 on Sunday, man. Here we go. Of course, the Chiefs and the Bucks, and I've played this game out a few times on air so far today. Curious to know where you're at right now. Save your prediction. Save your play for you know a little bit here but um as far as the way people believe this game is going to go let me ask let's start there do you feel like we're going to see fireworks do you feel like both of these offenses are going to hit the ground running or do you think you know what eh, they do start out slow and that's probably what we're going to see here brady hasn't thrown a touchdown or scored a touchdown in the first quarter of any super bowl and we know what the chiefs have done all season long they're a little slow to start as well including in last year's super bowl so what's your thoughts on as far as the pace of this game on sunday is going to be yeah i am brady mahomes i think it's going to live up to the billing i think we are going to see fireworks um, I understand that there are some trends out there about Brady starting slow in Super Bowls. He's not out there with Julian Edelman. You know what I mean? Like, he's out there with Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. Uh, this is the, you know, deepest arsenal he's ever had. And, you know, they've been the number one offense in the NFL for a pretty good long time. Uh, you know, at least since week 10, uh, they've been extra efficient since the bye. Uh, they, you know, they've been scoring a ton of points, 30-plus in the last six games. You know, and that includes the playoff games against the best teams in the league. So, uh, this offense is for real, and what do we know about the Chiefs, right? In the in the few games that they do lose, the teams that beat them have to outscore them. They have to put up 30, 40 points um, in order to beat them. So I think we're going to see that type of game. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, which is going to make the advertisers very happy because there's going to be a lot of commercials. No doubt about that. And as far as the Week 12 matchup is concerned, and look, we saw over 1,000 yards of offense. We saw 51 total points scored. We saw a team in the Kansas City Chiefs really light it up as far as that first quarter, first half is concerned. 
you know, but then there's the opposite side of things that we could look at, and I've heard it from a few people this morning where, hey, look, they figured some things out in that second half Tampa Bay defense. That's probably what they're going to play or how they're going to approach this game. Obviously, they're not going to go back out there and say, you know what, let's do what we did in the first half. But they're probably saying, hey, we changed some things up, made some adjustments, and, and we slowed them down a little bit. Anything with that? How, how do you feel when people say that, you know, Tampa Bay made adjustments in that second half of that Week 12 matchup, therefore that's what they're going to do here and have success? Yeah, I mean, I think they will. Um, they'll probably play more too high safety, right? Like, I think that they did that in the second half of that game, and it did work um, a little bit better to kind of slow down Hill. I mean, Hill had like 267 yards, I think, and like 211 were in the first half. So, um, you know, there was an impact. They did get better that way. Game script could have went into it, but when you dig into the data, you know, Mahomes against too high safety, 13th in the NFL and EPA per play. Um, he's number two behind Aaron Rodgers for the season. So you can see the difference. You know, he becomes a little bit closer to average, a little bit more human um, when he's up against that too high safety. But they're going to have to do much more than that. They're going to have to get super aggressive with Kansas City. Um, they're going to have to rough up these receivers, and they're going to have to rough up Mahomes if they're going to, you know, hold them back. They can't just sit back and let Mahomes piece them apart for the entire four quarters. Mark Drumheller joining us here. X underscore Drumheller is where you can find him, our sports wagering wizard for the gambler. Sharp report every Monday and Friday at 5.30. Talk to me about the run game. I think I might be brushing this off a little bit too easy here. If there's a team that you think it will stick to the run and, of course, try to run the football, uh, you can go Tampa Bay over Kansas City. I think this will play into some props, and we'll get into all that. Your drum will be on the prop bowl tomorrow from 6 to 9 p.m. But, you know, I look at Kansas City and what they were as far as defense this year. I think they were 28, 29th in rush defense. Um, so, and Tampa, correct me if I'm wrong, likes to run the football early on first and second down. Uh, as far as running the football and sticking with it, do you see a team doing that on Sunday? If, if so, which one? Yeah, I really don't. Um, I, you are correct in that Tampa does. Part of their Achilles heel is is that they, they do run the ball a lot, especially on early downs, right? So first, second down, they'll run, and then Brady converts third down every time. And we saw that against Green Bay. It'd be third and 16, wouldn't matter. You know, over the middle of Godwin, he scampers for 16 yards first down. So they've been a third down machine, and, and the KC defense very good on third down. So that's one area where the Chiefs defense excels. So one of the questions going in is, is, is – you know, Tampa Bay going to be able to get away with that type of game plan, running on early downs and, you know, converting these third and longs against a defense that's pretty strong against third downs. But I just think that these two teams, the first time they played, um, Kansas City was throwing the ball all over the place. They came out throwing the ball. I expect them to do the same. They have no running game. Um, so they are going to, you know, uh, toss it up a ton. And I think, you know, on the other side um, with Tampa Bay, you know, they're a team that when the game is close, you know, close and neutral game script, when it's a one-score game, they throw it at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. So in those close games, early they'll start off, they'll try and run it. But once the game gets going and it gets close, they really turn it up and become really pass-heavy. And uh, so I think we're going to see that early because I think both teams are going to score early and often, and it's just going to kind of cultivate the type of game script that just both teams, listen, our best chance of winning, our best chance of being efficient is letting our quarterback throw the ball, and I think that's what they're going to do. How about a team or a coach that you feel like will be more aggressive than the other, or do you think that won't be a factor? I, I'm bringing it up because of what we saw. Uh, in, in champ- on Championship Sunday with LaFleur yeah. and, and McDermott. But McDermott, correct me if I'm wrong, I saw 
him say that he wanted to have a good vibe in the locker room. And that's why he kicked the field goal in that first half. Like he wanted to, to have a positive feel. Yeah. Yo, know, positive feeling ain't winning a game. Scoring points. You know, they all worry about vibe. Like now, yeah, exactly. So do you think there will be a coach that'll be more aggressive than, than the other? Or do you fully expect it's Brady versus Mahomes? Ain't nobody kicking on fourth and one. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're going to both be super aggressive. I think it's in Andy Reid's nature to be aggressive. I would expect him to be. I mean, if you have, you know, what is possibly the best, you know, quarterback, you know, tight end, wide receiver combination ever to play in Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, um, you know, you're not going to you're not going to punt on many fourth and ones. You know what I mean? So True. They have the offense that they can, you know, convert these fourth down. So I think that he'll be aggressive. And I think in this type of game, I think it fits Bruce Arians to where he's going to try and stick out and make it a little bit about him. And I think he's going to be super aggressive. And I think both the defensive coordinators, Spagnola, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think Bowles is going to come after my own. So I think it's just, it's going to be mayhem. It's going to be a lot of points, a lot of aggressive football. We're going to see some turnovers, I'm sure, because that's what happens when you get aggressive defenses. It's going to look a little bit like Madden. You used to play your friend in Madden, and, you know, you go down, you score a touchdown, and you just send the house to zero blitz, and they're like, if he gets a touchdown, I'm going to come back and score another touchdown. And I think that could be the kind of game that we're in for. Yeah, so do I. All right, Drum, it's 3-56 and on DraftKings Sportsbook. 3-56. and First of all, before you give me your play here, how important is that hook in your mind? Do you think this game is going to be a three-point win for any? You know, obviously, for the Chiefs, it's huge. Whatever other way, it doesn't mean so much. But you know, how important, as far as the gambling standpoint is, uh, for you, uh, as far as that half point is concerned? I think I think it is significant. I mean, it is definitely significant. Look at the last game, right? A game that the Chiefs dominated early when they played in Week Twelve, and. You know, Tampa was able to fight back, and the three-and-a-half played. I was on Tampa at three-and-a-half in that game in week 12, and, you know, it paid off. We ended up getting the cover. Um, that game closed at three, so it was a push. But, you know, I think, you know, we could definitely see this be a one-score game. Tom Brady um, is, you know, I think focused. And I think there's a lot of good things to play in Tampa's favor in this game with Brady to perform um, for him to be able to keep this game close. I know, you know, Tampa has a very explosive offense. I get that, but Tampa Bay does as well. And I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. Um, very well could be, you know, last quarterback to have the ball ends up getting the W. Wow. Well, that would be one of the best Super Bowls uh, in history if that's the case because I think we're going to see a lot of points. And if you're telling me it's 34-31 and all of a sudden Brady's got the football or Mahomes has got the football and he's trailing – that's going to be some uh, serious fireworks to be watching on Sunday. But either way, it's going to be a great game. And and uh, did I peg you down as far as the total is concerned? you feel like over on that? I do think it's over. I think the game's going to be played in the 30s with both teams. Yeah. Like I expect it to be, um, you know, I, I expect it to be high scoring. I mean, last time it was 51, and, you know, there was a bunch of turnovers, and, you know, there was a couple things that kind of played into that number. But, I expect this one to definitely be in the 30s. Both teams score over over in the 30s for sure in this one. Boom. All right, uh, Mark Drumheller, X underscore Drumheller on socials, mandatory follow. goes live all the time on the weekends, talking all things sports, gambling, betting for breakfast, all that good stuff. 
X underscore Drumheller, and he will be joining us tomorrow as far as the Prop Bowl is concerned, 6 to 9 p.m. right here on The Gambler. We'll get a couple props that he likes. As you just heard, his official play, he's going with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Hey, before you get out of here, though, Drum, I have yet to bring up the quarterback's name for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he might be formally, until just now. 5.45, I just did two hours and 45 minutes of Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia and have yet to say the quarterback's name, but for you, I'm going to do it. Carson Wentz. I haven't kept up too much. Don't really care right now. But is he going to end up with the Bears? What's what's the latest? What's going on? Break it, break it, break it down for us, please. That's what it sounds like. I mean, there was a lot wow. of talk earlier in the day about the Colts and the Colts being involved, and then um, you know, Ballard did an interview the GM, and what do we know about Ballard? Right? You know, he's very conscious of the cap. He's going to be conscious of what kind of compensation he's offering, and he comes out and says, "Listen, I can tell you that we're looking at everybody and." There's not going to be a deal today. And then it comes out that the Bears are super aggressive and have a huge offer on the table that's going to surprise a lot of people. And, you know, Mike Lombardi comes out and says that, you know, he thinks that the Bears are competing against themselves in the market and that the Colts aren't really in on Carson Wentz. And, that you know, the Bears are kind of, you know, how he's kind of playing the Bears to drive up the price and drive up the price. So um, I think that would be very Ryan Pace-like. I mean, this is a guy who passed up Patrick Mahomes to, you know, and and uh, Deshaun Watson to draft Mitch Trubisky. So I could I could see him paying a boatload for Carson Wentz and him ending up in Chicago. Hysterical. Are Eagles going to get anything in return of like substance? Uh, you know, people are talking I, about first rounder back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're saying it's a very aggressive offer. Um, you know, is it of substance? It's, I guess it's going to depend who we draft, right? I mean, that's always the key mm. when you get draft picks. So, you know, they have to convert. The draft picks are nice. You know, we saw that. And yeah, a lot of people talk about, you know, Detroit got all these draft picks from the Rams. But you have to pick the right people, and that's not always so easy. Carson Wentz is soft, isn't he? Yeah, I think that um, he struggles, you know, in, in between the years, um, on and off the field. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, he, he really there's some things – that you know don't really process for him when he's out in the field, and then when he's off the field, there seems to be a lack of awareness. Um, I get the impression that there hasn't been many much pushback um, on him as an athlete throughout his career, and it just seems like it just seems like he's a guy that just might not get it. Mm. Um, and you know, so it's it's not just all off the field; a lot of it's on the field, and I don't know if that's something that you can kind of teach or fix either. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see how his career plays out. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I, I definitely believed in him. I would have fought somebody if they said something negative about him right before the season. Like I, I like what? Were, what are people? Because people were all like negative. There was a lot of uh, conversation. A lot of people would have some takes that I'd just be like, "What? what who are you watching?" But I guess in the grand scheme of things, I was wrong. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I thought he was well, a franchise quarterback. I really did. Yeah, I was, I'll tell you what, I was very optimistic coming into this season, and I was not optimistic before probably the second half of last season because I just felt like during 2018 and 2019, like the offense just looked like everything was difficult. And then when we saw Foles come in in 2018, even after the Super Bowl, the year after, it looked a lot smoother, was looking a lot. And I, I just thought that he wasn't seeing the field correctly. You know, there, there was something missing. There was some kind of disconnect. But then at the end of last year, it looked like he kind of settled in, was buying into the system, not trying to do too much, and it paid dividends. And that's what I was hopeful for coming into this past season, that that would continue. But, um, you know, the two interceptions against Washington in the first week, and it just spiraled out of control from there. Yeah, but, I, um, I knew there was a pretty big problem by even week three with Cincinnati, you know? After, I, I think last night I was watching something, and they were rolling a bunch of Carson Wentz's uh, bad plays 
from this year, and, and and some of them you were just like, wow, yeah, like I I yeah, didn't de- yeah I didn't defend him, but like what the hell was he looking? There was one play he was hanging onto the football against Dallas. It's like what like it was almost like you know just you expect Nate Sudfeld to do what he did, not Carson Wentz. I it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see what happens where he goes. That's for sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of like a lot of people questioning now, like the compensation. Like, they're like I don't understand how you might not get a one for Carson, but Deshaun Watson's worth, you know, three first round draft picks. And if you look at the advanced metrics, you know, EPA per play, you know, CPOE, completion percentage over expectation, Watson's top five in all of them, and Wentz is between thirty and thirty three. So there's a huge gap between him and a lot of the franchise quarterbacks in the league in those advanced metrics that are supposed to kind of weed out the fluff. And, and really give you, you know, more definitive picture of his play. Um, and he just he just doesn't stack up. Boy, I could talk football with you all day. That's why you join me every Monday and Friday. Last thing, 10 seconds or less here. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Who got the or the Rex, or, yeah, Rex Grossman, listen to me. Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff, what was your thoughts on that? Thumbs up? Oh, yeah, I love it with Stafford. Yeah, Stafford, I mean, uh, number two in play action and uh, in the NFL uh, as far as success rate last year, and that's all McVay dials up. So he was top three in usage for play action, so I think it's a match made in heaven. We're a match made in Cabo, right? I guess they were working that out before <laughs> before the ink was dry. Great stuff, Mark. Always a pleasure, man. I look forward to tomorrow getting your thoughts on uh, all things Super Bowl 55 as far as props are concerned uh, on tomorrow night's Prop Bowl, 6 to 9 p.m. Drum, appreciate it as always with the Sharp Report, man. Thanks for having me. There he is, Mark Drumheller, X underscore Drumheller.